So today, uh, I am, this is going to be a two-parter, but I wanted to uh, just talk about some personal things and what I've kind of gone through over the years and recently. Um, as I gain wisdom, and how many know wisdom is really life experience, right? When you do something stupid, not, now none of you would do this, I'm, I'm certain when you do something stupid, usually you won't do it a second time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> some of us, and I don't want to use the word dense, some of us are a little harder than others, and, and I include myself in that. But I wanted to share some of my experience in this life, and one, here's one of the most important things that I've learned, and, and this is the title of today's message Okay. There we go. No shortcuts. Everybody say that with me. No shortcuts, part one. What life lessons have taught me about taking the uh, easy road. As I see it, most people in the 21st century, that's where we live, almost all expect things to come quickly. Fast food. Why do you think they name it that? Quickly. How many like to go home and spend an hour and a half preparing a good meal for your family? Two hands going up. All right? Fast food, right? How about knowing God? Ooh. Silence. Who wants to spend time with God? We just want We just want his blessings with minimal contact. And I'm just saying it out loud because that's what I see. Hello? Yeah. Education. We want it quickly. Who wants to go all the way through 12 years of school and then turn around and go to a trade school or college? We're done with it, right? But we still want to make the income that, that that education leads to, don't we? Yeah, quickly. No shortcuts. How about playing? All right, I'm going to hit some of you hard. Probably like Nick. You like video games, Nick? Yeah. So let me ask you this. You don't have to say anything. We'll just presume that it's true. You're playing the video game, and you want to get to that next level, but you can't find the way in. Do you go to the Internet and look up the cheats? Don't answer. <laughs> yes, quickly. There are no shortcuts. Most people do not want to take the time to learn, do, and enjoy what the Lord is asking from them. And that's a problem, whether we're young or old, and it needs to be addressed in the church. Amen? Have I prayed yet? Didn't think so. Lord, we humbly ask you today just to open our hearts up to receive from you whether we're here or at home, Lord, we ask right now that the Holy Spirit, you would just 
infiltrate the hardest of hearts, Lord. Soften us today, including this man or especially this man. Lord, we ask that you would show us things that we did not know. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit would say to us today. Lord, we love you and we commit this time into your hands. May you be glorified. Amen. So I want to unpack the idea of no shortcuts, okay? But before I do, I have a short little video I want to show you. If you would just put that up real quick. All right, pause it. Okay, now this is my front yard. The man that you see there is me. This is my surveillance camera. It's not the clearest, but you're going to get the idea here. Now, I was in a hurry, as I am quite frequently, just saying. So I wanted to burn this brush pile, right? As most men do. We like burning things. Most of us are amateur pyrotech uh, pyromaniacs. <laughs> Thank you. Pyrotechnics. That's the movie industry end of it. That's what we do when we want to be a professional burner. So what did I do? The wood was wet. So I got that little red can. But only, hey, I'm smart enough to know this. Only a gallon. And I didn't put it all on, I only did half a gallon. And then I set the thing back, you know, went up, lit it. It was awesome. And then it started to go out. And I was like, come on. And by the way, two days prior to this, I had my boys come and they helped me cut, split, stack firewood for us, for mom and dad. They were blessing us. And uh, my boys tried to start the fire, and they couldn't get it going, and I just told them, just stop, it's too wet. So two days later, half a gallon on, couldn't get it going, so I did what every man does. More power, more, more gasoline. So, Mom, if you're watching this, just, I, I didn't get hurt. i just preface it with that. Uh, no pastor was hurt in the making of this video. So with that said, John, would you also dim the, the lights so they can see it better? And I'll be right back as soon as this is over. That's not the middle. I'm way far away from the original fire. Yeah, there's a little glitch in there, but Okay, what I'm doing right there is I'm getting the fire out on my gloves because they were on fire. And, and, but, but, all right, and, and that's it. So, you want to show that one more time, John, where, they, where, I, get, where I see the explosion part? You can, you can. All right, never mind then. Never mind then. We'll just move on. So, as you can see, <clears throat> some of us are a little denser than others. Now, the proper way to start a good brush fire, when, especially when the wood's wet, is with 
And I've tried that. Diesel fuel, which I went and got four gallons of it, and I poured that on there, and it lit. And I, I actually burned up my pile. So I, I did take care of it. So I sent this to my son, Joe, and I wanted my grandson, Tyler, to see it because he really wanted to see it. And after they watched it in horror and uh, uh, talked about it a little bit, this, he sent me an email and he said this. He said, Dad, here are a few observations that we've made from your video. First, and I'm known as Papa O in my family. First, Papa O is not allowed to start a fire. <laughs> Second, now we know why Mom asked for our help when it comes to anything trees. Third, Papa O is fireproof. <laughs> it just looked that way, right? Fourth, whenever you face death, just walk away like nothing happened. <laughs> and then finally, now we know why Papa O has white hair. <laughs> Which I did happen to singe just a little bit of the edge of my curl. Anyhow. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm human. But I tried to take a shortcut. Instead of going to the gas station and getting the diesel fuel as I should have, listen to me. There's a reason that those signs are on the gas pumps that say no smoking. It's not because you're going to put your cigarette in the gas. It's because the fumes. I was six feet away from the fire. The fumes are what caught fire and blew up. <laughs> Who knew? Anyhow, so the moral of the story is this. Shortcuts can shorten one's life and lead to serious consequences. And we're still not up, but when we get there, let me know. Yell at me. And uh, I don't know why I did that, but anyway. So people are generally impatient, right? Are we there yet? Anybody go on a vacation with your kids? That's all you hear every half hour. Are we there yet? And we, we were gluttons for punishment because what would we do? We would drive from Michigan to Florida to go down and see my wife's parents, which was a 20-hour drive. So every half hour, are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Over and over and over. Let me ask you this. Because people do like to take shortcuts, how long does it take for a baby to grow into an adult? 40 years. <laughs> Okay, I was thinking 20, and I recognize that a few, a few people take a little longer than others to, to grow up, if you will. But here's my logic. Some never get there. All right, I get it. My logic is that if it takes that long to be an adult, what makes us think that we adults all of a sudden stop learning? Oh, I've hit the magic number of 18, or 21, or 25, or 30, or whatever it is. I no longer have to learn. 
I have accomplished all that life has to give me. Right? I believe people learn for a lifetime. For example, getting to know God. He's infinite. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's amazing. You will never be able to take everything in about him because he's just that kind of God. So what makes you think that you're going to ever figure him out in a short period of time? You won't. Understanding and knowing God takes time. Thank you. How about your spouse? If you choose to get married, do you know her as soon as you put the ring on her finger? Are you kidding me? That's the first day that you recognize who is this person? I've been married 45 years. To my beautiful wife, Barb, who has once again stepped out of the room. So I can't pick on her. You can give her a hard time later. What I've learned is this. I learn something new about her every week, if not every day. Do I understand her a little better? Certainly, after 45 years. She knows what I like to eat. She makes it. I appreciate that. She doesn't keep feeding me stuff I don't like, you know? But I'm still learning who she is after 45 years. My point? It takes time. There are no shortcuts. Oh, I'm back up. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little spunky today. We had, we had an interesting day yesterday when our computer crashed. Looks like it's still doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So my point is today, folks, we don't just arrive one day at being an adult. There's so much more to this life. And what that means is you and I should always be looking for ways to improve, learning, Studying, showing ourselves approved. When the Apostle Paul spoke to Timothy, he basically said, listen, you need to digest the Word. This is my paraphrase. You need to study the Word of God and understand it until it becomes a part of who you are. The Bible is the bread of life. Amen? And from it, you will grow and mature and God will be able to use you more as you improve your understanding of His promises. You can't please God without faith. And where do you get faith? From hearing the Word. So you've got to get the Word of God in you. Some would say, well, I read the Bible once. I know you laugh, but I've heard that. And it's like, okay, read it again and again. I can't tell you how many times I've gone through the Bible. It grows you up. And what I've discovered with God's Word, because He is this infinite creature, being our Master, is that every time I read it, 
it seems like there's something new in there. Now, I know it was there the last time I read it, but I didn't see it. At least not in the light that I saw it then. Now, you get it? Over and over. And that's what Timothy was told by Paul. Some would say, well, I, I'm not a very good reader, Pastor. Uh, that used to be an excuse. But now we have digital. Now we have audio. Now you can get on your phone any Bible version you want and it will read it to you. So that excuse is shot. There are no shortcuts, people. Christians, believers. God wants to grow us up. God wants, wants you to understand Him and to understand His promises and to understand how much He wants to bless you with His infinite glory. He wants us to be like glow bugs walking around this earth, shining into the darkness. But that's never going to happen if we don't have that in us. We've got to develop that. We've got to study it out. We've got to learn it. What does that mean for you? Because we're all so unique. What I do isn't what God wants you to do. What you do isn't what anybody else is going to do. There's something He wants you to do that's specific to you. But there are no shortcuts. Listen, you don't just arrive one day and say, I'm there. Only God can tell you when you're done, when you're finished. Now this is important. If you don't like who you are, or where you are at this time in life, you ready for it? Then change. Then change. Anyone, oops, went too far. Boy, that thing is running slow. Anyone can change direction at any point if they choose to do so. Anyone. Well, I'm 80 years old. Don't matter. You could still change. Well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Not true. I've taught myself many things. God's taught me many things over the years. Even recently, anyone can change direction if they choose to. Even when they're old like me. You know, I was 29 the first time I went back to college. The second time I went back, I was 42. And the third time I went back, I know, to get my master's, I was 61 years old. No, oh, you don't have to clap. Why I'm telling you this is this. If I can change at this age and do what I'm doing right now, there's no reason you can't. Now, it might not be going to get your master's in Pentecostal theology and leadership. But it might be a trade school. It might be learning to cook so that your wife doesn't have to do it all. 
my wife's going, yeah, I like the sound of that. No, what she wants me to do is go with her so that we can cook together. You know, that's a woman thing. Oh, wouldn't it be fun if we just went in the kitchen and made something together? No. But you know what? I would do that when I'm done with my master's. I will do that with you, and we'll go and we'll learn how to cook better. Not that you need to, but I do, because I love your cooking. Don't change. Where am I at? Oh, my goodness. Now I'm getting all off track here. There it is. There's another important word, and and I don't know if you know this. By the way, I didn't mention this. So after the bonfire, I mean, I'm talking within minutes of me getting the fire off me and making sure that all my parts were still there. I heard that voice. And I tell you this often, and I don't know if you have this relationship with God, but he, he gives me stuff in little nuggets. And that's when I heard the words, shortcut. There are no shortcuts. And when I heard that, I went, oh, man, is this a good illustration. But I didn't know it was on my video. I didn't know it was on the surveillance camera until two days later. So I was already working on the message when I found the surveillance camera had gotten it quite well. And uh, that was when I went, oh, now they'll see what I'm talking about. No shortcuts. There's another word, though, that I, I often speak of, and you guys know it, fruit. How many like fruit? What's your favorite? Grapes. What? I love watermelon. Oh, probably because the only time you get it is summer. <laughs> and that means it's summer. <laughs> We're entering fall, winter. Nothing we can do. Guess what? Fruit doesn't grow in the winter. At least not here. So, did you know that every person in this room, young and old, is required. Say that with me. I am required to bear good fruit. To bear godly fruit. No matter my age. In fact, I believe that older people should bear more or better fruit. Just because we've had more time to figure this thing out. Right? If, and I've used this Example before, but if you still look the same today as you did two years ago, there's something wrong with your spiritual life. Hello? Am I speaking to anybody besides me? God expects us to look like Him more and more each day. To look like Jesus. To love people. To, as Aaron so eloquently said, to give we're not made to hold it all in. In fact, to the contrary, we are better when we give it away. You know, and it goes back to that scripture in Luke where Jesus said, as you give, it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, overflowing from you. You can't outgive God. But if we hoard it, if we hold it, if we tightly clench it, whatever that is, 
whether it's our time, our money, whatever, what happens? Just like fruit that isn't eaten, it rots. We need to give. That's how God made us. The more you give, the happier and the healthier you are. That's my opinion. But I believe Scripture backs it up. Let's look at uh, John chapter 15. And if you understand the Word or know the Word well, you know where I'm going. Jesus is the vine. Woo-hoo. We're talking about fruit. Right? I'm going to read this. I've got it up behind me if you want to look there. Or you can open your word. I'm sharing from the NLT. Jesus said, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. Can you get that picture? Just just the other day, and and I'm not saying this to brag. In fact, I wished I had somebody to, to do this every year, but I went out and I had to prune some of our bushes out by the side of the church here because they were outgrown, overgrown, and there was one in the front that had those great big, what do they call those, the big flower balls that are like this big. And they were awesome looking when they were white, when it was summer, but they turned a, a tannish, brown looking, yucky looking thing. And so I went out and I snipped them all off. So if it did get snow, it wouldn't break everything. That's what Jesus is saying the Father does to us. He, he takes the things that have outgrown their purpose or should have never been there to begin with. I pulled some weeds out there as well. And he helps us to be healthier. It's for our benefit that the Father does this for us. Spiritually speaking, of course. I mean, he's not going to hack your arm off or anything, but that would not be very healthy. It's just a flesh wound. You'd have to know the movie. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. Ooh. Again, this isn't a literal thing. This is spiritually speaking. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit. Why? so they will produce even more. You see, it takes a gardener to ensure that whatever it is, flower, plant, tree, is going to grow and grow well and produce fruit, and even more fruit as time goes on. Notice what this does not say, that when you are old, you are exempt from bearing fruit. No shortcuts. I'm picking on some folk today. I know I am. Whether you're here or at home, it's what the Spirit says. Listen, apply it to your life. John 15 3. You have already been pruned and purified. Now he's talking to his disciples, of course. By the what? The message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For, and this is my highlight in red, a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. 
There are no shortcuts. If, if we disconnect from God at any point, we're done. We're finished. Now, does that mean you can't come back? That's not what I said. But as long as you are disconnected from Jesus, if you're living your own life, whatever that looks like, separate or different from what the Bible requires of us, you're going to die, spiritually speaking. And the Lord is just saying this, look, stay connected to me. What does that look like for you, for me? Clarence, it means you, you spend time with him, right? It's, it's, I mean, we came in here this morning, we had that, when we were singing that last song, you could feel it just rising up. And you could sense the presence of the Lord here. It doesn't just have to be like that on Sunday. It can be like that on Monday. How many have a, a phone? How many have Spotify or, or YouTube or whatever? Because you can play these songs on your phone and just worship Him wherever you're at. In fact, here's my suggestion to you. And I have done this. When I feel like I'm in the mully grubs, when I'm down in the dumps, when I just ain't feeling all that excited about life, excuse my bad grammar, you know what I find really helps besides prayer? Worshiping Him. Just whatever that looks like for you, and I don't want to try to tell you what to do, but you know, find the, something that reminds you of Him and His love and His faithfulness and enter in and just see as you're calling out to Jesus, Lord, I just want to bless your name today. I just want to worship you. And if it's a song, great, whatever. But just let Him minister to you in that moment and see if you don't come out of that darkness. Because the devil hates it when we worship. When we give God glory. We can do nothing apart from Jesus and the help of the Holy Spirit. We need the helper. We need the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Amen? And by the way, this is a lifelong process that I'm talking about. A daily walking with the Lord. Say it with me. There are no shortcuts. All right. We're starting to get this. Verses 5 and 6. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. That illustration, my video was perfect for today. Because that's what that pile was. They were branches that had fallen off that were already dead, some of them. Some of them I had to trim back because they were climbing into my house. But once I cut them off, they were dead. And I threw them all into a pile to be burned. And that's exactly what this passage is talking about. God expects us to bear fruit, you and I. Produce fruit or He will prune you. And if it doesn't change, He will throw you into the fire to be burned. 
Now, I believe this is a direct connection to hell. There is a real hell. Anybody that tells you that is a liar. If you read Scripture, you're going to recognize, yes, God is love, but God is also the judge. And because of His holiness and His righteousness, you and I have to line up with that standard, not ours. God isn't who we say He is. He is who He is because of who He is. I am the great I am. We can't add anything to that. So if He says... If you don't bear good fruit, you're going to be thrown into the fire. It's going to happen. That's what he's saying here. Hmm. Being a Christian is not a quick fix. It's not a one-time deal. It's a lifelong commitment to follow Jesus, and to bear godly fruit until He takes us to our eternal home, which is going to be amazing. But in the meantime, we are expected. Everyone, say that with me, everyone is expected to bear good fruit. There are no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. Last two verses. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. Now, I could stop there just to say, when you're pleasing God, He hears your prayers. When you're displeasing God, I believe the opposite is true. Heaven is brass. So if your prayers aren't being answered, if it seems when you pray, it's just like coming back at you, make sure that there's not something in your life that's preventing His blessing, His glory from reaching you. Don't don't let it be self-inflicted. If there's something in your life that shouldn't be there, I said this when I started, change Change who you are. Go after the things that please God. Stop pleasing the selfishness in you. Can I get a good amen? amen? Finally, and I love the last verse, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciple. Do you realize what he's saying here? Do you think God's not watching what we're doing? How are you doing with this? Folks, young, old, in between? I used to say middle age. Oh, I miss those days. (sighs) You're my true disciples when you produce much fruit. And this brings great glory to my Father. Here's the key to all of this. You must bear fruit. And to do that, you must do the work. There are no shortcuts. 
If you want to bear fruit, then you must do the work of a disciple, and that includes letting the Lord prune and shape you. How long did Jesus train his disciples? (laughs) I always hear that, and I agree. That's, That's how long Jesus trained his disciples. Some say three years, right? Ish. But my answer is a little more complex, and my answer would be, I say their lifetime. These men, they weren't just trained at their young age of 20-ish, which, I mean, some of them were a little older, but generally speaking, they were about 20. God didn't just start with them when they hit that age. He started with them when they were babies and all the way through until Jesus said, come, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. Here's the thing. Some of them probably had fathers who were difficult to live with. Others may not have had a dad at all. Some of you have been there. You've had difficult fathers or you, you didn't have a dad growing up. I know my dad, his father left him when he was eight years old to go find himself somewhere else. Have you ever stopped to think, what happened to Joseph? Why don't we hear about him after Jesus was at the temple at the young age of 12? you realize you you don't ever hear or see Joseph, his stepdad after that. My guess is he probably died because mortality back in the first century was very high. Of what? I don't know. But we don't hear about him. One or two disciples, maybe they were bullied when they were teenagers. And you know, a lot of our kids today find themselves in those positions and and it's a horrible place to be because they can't control what others say or do. Maybe some of those disciples that Jesus picked, maybe they were the bully. Perhaps some had fallen in love. Maybe there was a young girl in the village that they, their heart just went pitter-patter for her. But her dad had other plans and she stomped on his heart and he couldn't marry her for that reason. And, and he would have had a broken heart. I've talked about that before. He would have felt what it means to be rejected. And this could just as easily be on the woman's side. Others may have felt like they were destined for more than just being a fisherman. I should be a Nero. But here's the thing. What each of those men went through that first 20 years before Jesus arrived and said, come follow me, that is what God uses to make them who they are. That's who you are. Whether you've lived 20 years or 50 years or 80 years, God uses that life that you've lived to make you who you are. Rough edges and all. 
We often try to ignore who we were, but you can't. God can use that life, even if it was difficult, even if it was ugly, even if it was stained, God can use that life to His glory. And He does. And He can bring healing. If you ask, ask anything in my name. I'm really glad you started because I've still got a ways to go. (laughs) There are no shortcuts. Our life experiences make us who we are, and that includes the lives of the apostles. Hear this. After Jesus ascended into heaven, that's when they really learned let me, let me just put it like this. When Jesus was with the disciples, who do you think they leaned on whenever something went wrong? They weren't thinking, what should I do? They were thinking, I wonder what Jesus wants me to do. It's kind of like if you're hanging out with a pastor and you see a sick person, hey, pastor, you should probably go heal for that. Heal that person. Pray for him. But if Jesus isn't there, I'm not comparing myself to Jesus, but if Jesus isn't there for them, what are they going to do? Whoa. Now the pressure's on me. Now it's my responsibility. Now I need to take what God's put in me and use it to his glory. What does that look like? You see what I'm saying? They learned more after Jesus ascended than while he was with them because they learned to operate through the Holy Spirit. They learn to operate by faith. And that's what God wants of us. No shortcuts. Not even for the apostles. A cherry tree doesn't just, you put it in the ground and and the next spring it, it starts cherries. I looked this up. A sour cherry tree takes between three to five years to grow cherries. A sweet cherry tree takes between four and seven. Let me ask you this. You want to be a sour or a sweet person? Let God do the work in you. Don't don't speed it up. Don't rush it. We've got too many sour people. We need some sweet ones. Let God develop you into that person He wants you to be. Are you hearing this today? The work required to bear fruit comes in many forms. It might be education, time, effort, lifelong learning, not not giving up. (laughs) That's a big one. It takes tenacity. And it not only requires that we add things to our portfolio, but sometimes... And this is where it might get a little difficult. Sometimes God expects us to remove some things. You know, that pruning thing. What isn't benefiting you? What's causing you to get tripped up right now? When I was choosing whether or not to get my uh, master's when this came around a few years back, my wife looked at me, and, and she wasn't trying to be snide about it. 
she was just being her genuine self, and she said, Norm, you know, we've got the money for your master's program. Or, I know you've wanted a boat, a bass boat. She said, uh, bass boat or the MA? And I had to weigh this out. I had to pray it through. I, I, I knew what God was saying to me in my spirit, but I thought I'd look really good with a nice bass boat behind my truck. Sometimes God asks us to make hard decisions in order to bear more fruit. And your response determines your maturity. So we need to ask the right questions. What is more important to God and to His kingdom? Do I choose the bass boat for my own pleasure? Or do I choose continuing my education to be a better pastor and a leader? Now the bass boat would have been a shortcut. And it would have led to me, it wouldn't have led to me bearing more fruit, although it might have helped me catch more fish. In conclusion, <laughs> would you stand with me? I hope you know this. God wants all of us to be a success. And when I use that word, I, I just want to preface it with I'm not talking about the uh, capitalistic guy that's a millionaire. Although, I don't see anything wrong with that person. In fact, I wouldn't mind seeing two or three here at this church. What I am talking about, though, is the person who loves the Lord and, and the key is they desire to please Him with everything that's at their fingertips. Do you want to please God to the point that you're willing to give up certain things, certain pleasures, to deny yourself even in order to bring blessing and glory to God? In order to achieve his kingdom goals, sometimes you're going to be required to do that. It might mean taking, and, and maybe you've done this, where you've been saving for something, and, and I know this has happened to Barb and I more than once. We were saving for something, and then we saw a need, and instead of worrying about our own pleasure, if you will, we helped somebody out. That's what it means to be the kingdom of God. That's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. To give more than you take in. To always be trying to bless others. And as you bless others, you bless your heavenly Father. Knowing there are no shortcuts. Amen? Amen. Say it with me. No shortcuts. Knowing there are no shortcuts... Where do you need to start? For some of you, you're just beginning. You're at the front end of your life. For others, you're at the end. But that does not mean that you're done. When are you done? When you're with Jesus. So in the meantime, bear good fruit.
find people who need you. Find people who need to hear your story, to hear about the Jesus living in you. Give. Find somebody's needs and meet them. Oh, <laughs> there's nothing cooler, right, than being Jesus with skin on. I love it. I, I just, you can't give too much. As you help other people, and it's not always about money, but when you help other people, ah, what a blast. So as you look at your life, past, present, and future, where does God and his kingdom fit into it? Have you asked your heavenly Father, and I'm just about done, and I'm going to pray. Have you asked your heavenly Father, and this takes guts, Lord, how can I best spend my life to honor you and your kingdom? What did you make me for? And if you can answer this, oh, you will be so well off. And if you start applying it to your life and doing what you were made to do, you will be so fulfilled. And I don't want to hear anybody say, but I'm old. I don't care. There are things you can do. You can pray for people. Everybody can do that. And I know some of you do. You can give. You can send little encouraging cards to somebody. You, maybe you live next door to a single mom who's got three kids that, in your opinion, are little hellions. And they just need somebody to encourage them. You can do that. Be Jesus. Bear good fruit and recognize there are no shortcuts. Father, we thank you again for this word today. We ask that you would just apply it to our lives. This isn't just for today. This is for the rest of our lives here on this planet. Lord, help each one of us to recognize there are no shortcuts. If we're trying to get somewhere fast, we're going to blow it. We're, going to, we're, we're not going to be a success. Help us to see what you're trying to do in our lives as you prune us, as you shape us and mold us and, and help us to bear more fruit. Lord, we want to honor you. We want to bring glory to your name. We want the kingdom to advance against darkness today in the name of Jesus. Lord, we want those who are living in sin, those who have no hope to have hope, to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And we pray today, Lord, for each one today. Bring them out of the north and the south, the east and the west, Lord. Bring them out of their darkness and into your marvelous light. Use this church to reach the lost and the dying, Lord, to help us to be the healing balm of Gilead. Lord, we love you. And we pray this week that you, Lord, would use us as only you can. I'm going to ask, take this home with you this week and ask this question. Lord, how can I honor you with my life? And next week we're going, going to 
hit the second part of this. And I'm going to close here. But I just want you to be thinking, meditating on this, and, and hopefully when you come next week, you'll have maybe some direction. And hear this, if, if the Lord says to you, I, I want you to give something up, something that maybe you consider as valuable, but the Lord sees it as something holding you back, if you are willing to let that thing go, whatever it is, whatever it looks like, it may hurt at first, it may be painful at first, but eventually, eventually, you are going to go, man, that thing set me free. It had its tentacles on me. It was holding me back. But because I was willing to lay that down at the cross, because I was willing to let God have His way with me, now I am free. You're going to find your life so much fuller than it ever was. Can I get a good amen this week? Lord, keep us safe in our coming and in our going. We pray that Your favor would be on us, Lord. You would give us opportunity to share our love, to share our witness with others. Help us to see those, Lord, in need. Not just to fly by them and, and, and ignore them, Lord. Holy Spirit, guide us and fill us with your power and your strength, even to pray for the sick and see them recover. Lord, use this church to your glory. We give you all the praise and all the honor. And everybody that agrees said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Make sure you say hi to somebody you haven't met before. And uh, we'll, we'll see you next week.